everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology, episode 155. And I'm so excited because today we have with us Andrea Michelle. Um, you may have seen her on the Astrology Hub podcast at the end of the year um, with, when there was a summit for the forecast for 2022. And um, so I just wanted to say thank you so much, Andrea, for being here. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. Thank you for the invitation. So um, you might be wondering, you know, why, why Andrea? Well, obviously, um, there was something that piqued my interest. And I will tell you, um, there was a comment that she made during the podcast. It was fabulous. I mean, everybody was just on, you know, and uh, there was something that she said that really piqued my attention. And I just felt I need to seek her out. I need to write her. So, so I did. And I, and I said, you know, and I'm, we're, we'll explain what that is. Um, we'll get into it in the podcast, but um, just to say, it, it was so intriguing to me. And I just felt um, I understood her and there wasn't really much of an opportunity to, to go into that uh, conversation on the summit it was deep, you know, and uh, and so I figured, hey, let's let's get this opportunity out there. And so, yay, that's why um, that's why you're here. And that's I'm just so grateful. So um, anyway, to um, just to kind of give you a little background, I just to introduce Andrea to you guys um, in 2012. Uh, Venus's visible passing between Earth and Sun ignited Andrea Michelle's soul circuitry by awakening her passion for remembering ourselves through marrying sky and earth in our bodies. Her greatest joy is collaboratively initiating her clients into their mysteries through a deeper alchemy of self and soul. She made her professional teaching debut at the second Sky Astrology Conference in 2018 and was most recently a lunar guide for Astrology Hub's inner circle, like I said, in 2022. Oh, yes, so she was on the summit, and then she also was the lunar guide. So if you're a subscriber to Astrology Hub, you would, you've had Andrea. Um, Andrea Michelle is devoted to the wisdom medicine of our human vulnerability as a gateway into the freedom, truth, love, power, and compassion of our deep heart. Did I not pick a good guest or what? I'm telling you. <laughs> so welcome. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you very much. It's so interesting to hear someone else read my bio. It's like, oh, that's pretty, there's a lot of words. <laughs> but thank you. You did a great job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, it, it's beautiful and it's deep. And I, what I love about your work, Andrea, is that it really speaks to the depth of the soul and marrying astrology and the soul and the soul's journey. And uh, so there's, of course, many astrologers of different stripes, but I just, I love those of us who feel called to go in that direction. And, uh, and I know you, yes, Precious Human Birth, that's the name of your website. So I want to know, you know, I'd like to talk about the, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, and I just thought maybe we could, well, I love to start with everybody, is how did you find astrology? You know, were you doing it your whole life? Did you have a career change? And, you know, how you got into it, and what led you to that? Yes, that's a great question, and I don't know why my phone is going. Um, so I, astrology just showed up for me. Um, when was it? Gosh, sometime around 2008, maybe. I had absolutely no interest in it. Um, didn't even have any idea other than the, the local sun sign uh, blurbs in the paper. But I, and I was working in a corporate environment for most of my, my adult life. And I, it just came to me, I was starting to, to explore spirituality and um, through plant medicines and, and such. And astrology just kept showing up, just kept showing up and showing up. And people would say, you know, there's something about you and the stars or astrology, you might wanna check it out. And I was like, okay, okay, whatever. So I just over a couple of years started studying on my own, just seeking a little bit of out here and there. And then when I went to uh, Peru in 2012 for a deep retreat in the jungle 
I didn't know it at the time, but as you read in the bio, Venus is passing in front of the sun at the inception of her last Gemini cycle eight years ago was huge. I mean, it was huge for everybody, but it was like, I was so energetically open in the jungle and it just in, infused me in a way that only years later do I appreciate that that's what that was. So then I came back, found my teacher, just showed up, you know, when you're ready, the teacher shows up, right? Absolutely. And that is Adam Gainsburg of Soul Sign Astrology. He's been my primary mentor and teacher and- Oh, I love uh, him. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. And, um, and so that's, that's how it started. And that's, and here I am. So. And he's so much about Venus. I know he does the courses yes. and the, I keep exactly. telling him one of these days, I, I want to take that, that deep immersion. It's like definitely on my bucket list for sure. It's awesome. Yes, it really is. Yep. So his Venus cycle, his book, the light of Venus, um, I got very, very deeply into that. And I'm actually, that's going to be part of when we're going to be speaking. Part of why I shared what I shared at the forecast is because of the phase that Venus is in now, actually, which substanti not substantiates, but is part of, um, you could say, an underlying condition for what I brought forward in the, my uh, intuition about what this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction could be. Mm, and Venus just entered Pisces. Yes. Yeah, exactly. it was, I think yesterday, zero yeah. Pisces. So now she's joining the, the party, the Jupiter-Neptune party, and uh -huh. she's entered the room. And Exactly. Yeah, as if it wasn't exciting enough and, and deeply mystical. And so, yeah, so tell us, what do you, what do you feel about that? And, and what, what speaks to you? Well, so one of the reasons that I suggested in the podcast that it could be a time, not on the exact date, obviously, but this time of Jupiter coming together with Neptune in Pisces, where both of them are co-rulers, right? Right. Um, because if we look at Pisces, just generally, one of the significations of Pisces is the way I learned it, what makes sense to me is final endings. It's return, the 12th house, Pisces, mm -hmm. Neptune, oneness. So it's, it, it's indicative of death, right? Mm -hmm. Right, the death. dissolution of the material form. Exactly. So that in and of itself with these two there and the, um, it's like, because of all the hardships that many, many have had over the last several years and um, the disillusionment that things are actually going to get back to a sense of normal for people who are wishing or hoping that that was the case or even um, start to see some uh, more tangible evidence of things improving, mm -hmm. that this could be literally the way out for some people, not necessarily consciously, but a way of like, uh, this is gonna sound so, so cheesy, but like a, uh, a stairway to heaven as it were, like a way to mm. go back home. In a oh, that's beautiful. Are. Yeah. So it's, um, and the Venus cycle right now, Venus has, entered, I mean, and there are a number of astrologers who see the, the Venus cycle differently, but the way I learned it through Adam and his book, um, he delineated 13 phases of her cycle. And the one we are currently in where she's descending now as a morning star from being at her highest and brightest and maximum morning elongation with the sun. Right. She's now in what he calls the surrendering and discovery phase. So mm. this is literally where in like in the anonymous where the queen of heaven has to let go of her vestiges of which we can look at as our um, attachments, attachments. we yeah. thought we were and her meetups with the moon, which is a balsamic moon. This the, during this five and a half month period, she's meeting up with this moon, this heavy pregnant moon, which we can look at as either uh, the old crone 
initiating the young maiden because she's morning star to wisdom that she can't access yet but like preparing her for when she's an evening star or it can be you know if we're looking at the moon as our ego attachments our safety attachments the things that keep us safe that we don't want to change this is an opportunity with that again the balsamic waning moon Mm-hmm. to help us shed to literally help us exfoliate those parts of ourselves where we're still playing small so the surrendering is surrendering into more of ourselves so we can discover more of what's never what never dies which is our essence so there's an there's a loss in the surrendering and discovery phase implicit so this is where we're learning about loss and how to navigate loss, not through trying to control it, but through surrendering. And we're not surrendering into something outside of ourselves, which is Jupiter and Neptune thing can be, but it's really more of a surrendering rendering into ourselves because this is Venus. She's an internal planet. It's about discovering our light inside, the light that never fades, that never diminishes. So that is like that sloughing for me tends to also um, emphasize this kind of leaving or dying thing. So if we're looking at it like an opportunity to slough off even more of our disillusionment, Neptune, Pisces, around how we wanted life to look and not take it so personally, but appreciate that this is just another step of our deep initiation as a species, right? Mm-hmm. And we can use it to our advantage to, to die to the things that no longer serve, or again, illusions about the best course of action or the, um, the right way to go. Uh, Jupiter is very much about the path, right? It can be about the right, oh, this is the right way to go. This is the truth. This is the true way. This is the moral high ground. You know? Exactly, exactly. So part of this is literally Jupiter expands and opens us up, right? So it can be, and it brings us to a higher vibration. And what that does is it helps to show us the places where we've been out of coherence. So that can be part of this disillusionment is the the Jupiter expansion of this Neptunian fog or idealization or hope can actually bring about the places where we have been relying on others, like a teacher, Jupiter, to give us an answer or to supply a need for us or to satisfy a deep longing that is only really for us, Venus, to discover within, ultimately. So again, one of the things that Jupiter can do is with its frequency raising effect, it can expose incoherency, which again can really get people disillusioned and mm-hmm. and seeking something seeking an escape basically and that can be through drugs or um any sort of addictive uh substance and it could be television it could be news it can be addicting addiction to the latest news to give me the information so that i know what's coming which is really just again um can instill more fear which is a very piscean negative you could say less um Mm -hmm. coherent attribute right like the shadow side of exactly the whole thing is is about you know being duped and yeah yeah i like what you said about that and that and being really discerning that's not an easy place to be discerning um there's that brand new now that venus is in the room you were saying earlier like here's the brand new shiny object venus is about glamour you know, beauty, but can be glamour beauty. And, and that can be deceptive that what looks really elegant on the surface, the shadow of Venus is, oh, this surface view, but then what's behind that? Exactly, exactly. And we are so, in my, just in my opinion, we are so Libra oriented that we forget about Taurus. We are so <laughs> determinant. Our values are determined by our culture, our families, our friends our social environment more than through an intrinsic relationship with what we value. I would say more often than not, that it really takes discernment, like you're saying, 
to recognize where is what is my heart saying here? What is my discernment around what's true? How does it feel in me, Venus? How does it feel? Right. What's the immediate? Taurus is very instinctual. And we've we have subjugated the instinct to cognition to such a degree that we think, I think we've lost our capacity to, to really appreciate that instinct is, it's more than just survival. It's part of our knowing, part of our intrinsic way of knowing ourselves as a human being and how we orient to the world and not just have the world teach us how we should orient to it. It's a mutuality that, so in that respect, yes, Venus, especially in Pisces, can be duped into the glamour, like you say, of the shiny object of what's outside of ourselves. And I, um, you know, I want to go back to um, there was something you said earlier about the the when you talk about the phases of Venus and where Adam had delineated these thirteen phases, and that it was, and then the balsamic moon. Yes. And. Um, to say, you know, when you said, which for those of you who are not familiar with the phase of the moon, the balsamic moon is, is the one that's right before the new moon. So it's the moon is dark. It's like it's shed. It's, it's done. You know, it's the very, very end of that cycle. When you said that, Andrea, I thought immediately I flashed on my Catholic school upbringing. Um, one, the book, when I was a kid, I would read, I loved to, um, I didn't read the Bible like, like Catholics in Vatican II, we didn't read like the Old Testament and all that. That was more of a Protestant thing, but it was a lot of focus on the New Testament. And I just remember as a child, the only part of the Bible that really pulled me in was the book of Revelation. Mm. And, you know, that uh, the apocalyptic visionary, you know, it, it yes. was, yeah. And, and, uh, and I, so, I remember, I'm getting chills just saying this to you, and I remember that um, there's that one, uh, I, I don't have it to read here, but I remember that one uh, line about, um, it was a, the wo a woman, it was like like the divine mother, you know, pregnant and giving birth and she was wailing and she was pregnant and she was about to, and, and there was something, something was about to swallow it up. And it, you you probably yes, familiar. The virgin. Yes, with the dragon, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm just getting chills the hair on my legs is standing up. So I feel like, I almost feel like astrologically, that's what's, what's, of, what's here now is this outrageous apocalyptic moment where we are in this birthing phase. And yes. it just, ju it just completely aligns. I feel with what you're saying. I agree. And, and to be clear, I love what you're saying too, because to be clear, apocalypse means to reveal. It's, oh, right. it's not such a such a negative connotation, but it literally means a revealing, a great unveiling. Oh and my again, goodness! This is what that Jupiter Neptune can do. The Jupiter being about coherence, making things even more coherent. Well, whatever is in the fog and like nebulous is going to become more and more crystallized and clear. And especially with that zero degree Virgo moon that's in this chart, right? Virgo is right. discernment, self accuracy. It's self-honesty too it's an opportunity to be more honest because pisces neptune is and jupiter all about truth the search for the truth jupiter neptune ultimate truth if it's been obscured to us through our own safety mechanisms our own patterns it's not that something outside of us has been keeping the truth from us it's no we are just we can't know ultimate truth but virgo is the polarity that brings down ultimate truth into the relative arena for us to be able to take it into bite-sized piecemeal um, chunks so that we can actually work with it, Earth, Virgo. Right, we, we can ground that. Yes, exactly, ground it. Grounding transcendence. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I think about like, um, when you say that, I think about the um, Walden, um, Thoreau, you know, where he, basically chucked the material lifestyle that every all of his peers were into you know have the marry a nice girl you do the thing you show off your horses and your farm and like and he's like I don't want any of that you know he was like the original hippie you know and I know in the, in the 60s it was you know well you know that he was obviously really embraced you know because it was you know there was the, the consciousness opening to that but yeah 
that whole thing about transcendence and and, and the things that you think you really want, like with Venus, you know, the person, I think about personal possessions and glamour and attachment to the material, material goods. And it's like, no, no, this isn't, you know, what I find is interesting too, every, every um, inauguration, no matter who's in office, no matter who gets voted in, it's always at 12 noon. So we always have Taurus rising. Every inauguration is Taurus rising. Oh, wow. Great insight. Look Isn't that, that interesting? Yes. So it ensures that our, we're, we have this certain lane that the United States is traveling in. I mean, it wasn't always throughout history. They changed the inauguration dates through history. Like it used to be in March in the 1930s. I think after like FDR, that's when they fixed it for January 20th. Huh. Zero Aquarius. Yeah. So you got Taurus on the interesting wow. so now we've got uranus moving through the if you want to look at an inauguration chart uranus and i think i think um if i recall uh, i don't i can't pull it up i don't think i saved it but the inauguration chart for the the most recent the biden presidency i think it was uranus was conjunct the ascendant i want to say so yeah we knew there was going to be a lot of deep and um, very, you know, revolutionary change, and certainly in the values, all the value system. But mm -hmm. anyway, I just wanted to share that. That awesome! I love that. That is so interesting. I didn't. I had no idea. There is. Um, yeah, and Venus, as you mentioned in Pisces, now can be attachments, our attachments to escapism, our attaches, our attachment to just wanting it to be over to like go back into like anesthetizing ourselves like this and what this period is i mean we're in it for the long haul now this is pluto and capricorn which is in sextile to this um this union of jupiter and neptune so everything has a context too and of course we can just go on for hours about the whole chart and all the different contexts but it seems to me um one of the things that I made a note of that I wanted to share about bringing Pluto and Capricorn in the mix here, if we think about the potential of Pluto, which is a reinvestment literally in grounding into our power, Pluto, mm -hmm. this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction can positively manifest as being empowered to bring more knowledge of our spiritual potential into 3D right? And activation and awakening of our divine will in our collective memory, Capricorn, which is a deep metamorphosis for the long haul. So again, if we remember that we're in this, this is not a temporary thing, this initiation of in 2020, we're, we're looking at this for, for years to come. So this is not at all a uh, a doomsday scenario, apocalyptic in the way that we thought. It, it's more of like a, we're going to need to be discerning and ground in and root ourselves into more of our center and our sovereignty, Capricorn, in order to ride through the waves of disillusionment that are gonna keep showing up in waves. but when we allow ourselves to feel the disillusionment and not take it personally, then that's the potential to open up into receiving the bounty, the benefits, the blessings of what's behind the disillusionment, what the disillusionment is actually revealing, which is more bliss, more truth, more enlightenment. But we get caught up in it's like we get caught up in the content of the initiation rather than the fact that it's an initiation and use that as the context to bring us through to the other side. We don't wait to see what's on the other side or we try to jump ahead of the initiation and then we miss the gold that is the initiation. We miss the intimacy that the initiation brings us to. The initiation and the intimacy of I am alive in this moment and I am alive to feel, receive, as much or as little of whatever is happening as I want. 
Mm, that's beautiful. I hope that makes sense. Okay, good. Yes, it does. And and I think too, it's like, you know, you you think that you know, the, the, the material world was, you know, giving you and this, you know, this in our culture, this insatiable desire for things. And it's like, no, the best things in life are not things. Let us give you this, this moment where it's going to look for a little while, like complete disillusionment, because we've got something better. Just trust us. Okay. We've got something better for you. You don't want this stuff. This is, this is material. It's, it's not, and you know, it's that classic story of people who, you know, rags to riches and they make all this money and they get there and like, I don't care about all this, a three car garage and tennis rackets. And, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, that's not transcendence. That's not real fulfillment. So I feel like we're all collectively at this moment where we can recognize this. Exactly. I love it. And, and somehow there's, there's still that split between we can't have it that good on this earth plane but somehow it's an either or thing and that's what i love about this hint of this virgo moon at zero it's the beginning of our work the beginning of the work of maybe we can have it this good maybe if we give ourselves some room and some discernment and allow ourselves to recognize that we are a vessel of transformation we are not just you know at the whim of life, unless we want to have ourselves be at the whim of life, but we have a choice to be more engaged and more sovereign in what we're choosing, not to barrel through it and persevere, which can be a Capricorn thing, right? But to literally build a resilience, build our capacities to sustain this way of orienting to when the winds change of opportunity or of um, disillusionment, whatever it might be, that we still have us no matter what. And again, like I was sharing with you before the podcast, I love that this moon is on Regulus and Regulus is mm -hmm. one of the four royal stars, which are very much a part of the apocalypse. They're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And what's interesting, and this is a, a conversation for a whole other time, Ileana, but Regulus is the last of the four royal stars to move into a mutable sign. And that in and of itself is very significant. So just, just quickly to name them, it's um, Antares, which is the heart of the scorpion, right? Which is at nine or 10 of uh, Sagittarius. Then we have Aldebaran, which is the eye of the bull, which is at 10 degrees or so of Gemini. And then we have Fomalhaut, which is the mouth of the, the urn of the water bear, which is at three degrees of Pisces. And then we have now Regulus in 2000, some accounts 2011, other accounts 2012 is when Regulus entered Virgo. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what, I mean, again- After 2000 years of being at 29 Leo. <laughs> right. Right, these stars move only 70, uh, one, degree one degree every 72 years. So this is huge. And again, this is a whole other podcast, but, but Regulus is associated with the, the angel um, Raphael, which is the healer. Right. And Virgo, one, an archetype of Virgo is healing. Right. Right. So it's like, for me, it's like, if we stick around, we can get the goods, like we can get the healing. Like the healing, sure, if, if we want to leave and there are those who are going to, I feel like it's, you know, honoring their sovereignty and their choice to leave and not stick around. But for those of us who do, the goodies are available to us if we pick appropriately, if we don't pick too much, if we don't overextend ourselves or go off into, to to wishful thinking that's not based in reality, Virgo, but we stay and- Stay grounded. <laughs> exactly, stay grounded in the sovereignty. I mean, Regulus is the kingmaker. Regulus is, um, it's the heart of the lion, Corleonis. Right. So find our heart and stabilize in our hearts. And I, one of the things I love about Virgo is, Virgo is the vessel for the leonine energy. And again, this is Virgo, but it's the constellation of the lion, right? The celestial lion. Right. And so the virgin holds the celestial lion. 
And that could be one of the things about the apocalypse. She literally is birthing the new sovereign, the new king or queen. And so, and there's so much astrology in, in revelations too, for anybody who wants to go, it's all astrological. It's so yeah. fascinating. So wherever the split between like religion and, you know, the occult knowledge and wisdom, like astrology came, it was to disempower people because it's all in there. It's, there's so much in, in revelations and in the Bible in general around astrology, but anyway. Yeah. And that's a whole other topic. You know, it, it's when you think about the Regulus having been at 29 Leo for so many years, so many years, 2000 years. And I think about what was 2000 years ago, you know, a, Julius a, Augustus Caesar and, you know, all that, that whole male patriarchal, you know, the domination, you know, I'm the king and I said so. And now it's metamorphosing into with zero Virgo is, okay, you know, the high road is that we, we are all kings and queens of, you know, in the Russian Orthodox wedding, they, they have the, the, the archbishop holds crowns over the bride and bridegroom's heads and they move around them. And, and the symbology being that, you know, to remind them that, you know, you are kings and queens of creation. And so there was, it's never about an outside king that we give our power to. So we've slowly come around to this and, um, and, and to me, that movement from Regulus of 29 Leo into zero, it's like saying, look, we are, we are these kings and queens of creation, and we are these divine light beings, that Leonine, you know, yes. the, the, the king, of, you know, we are that sovereign light body, except yeah. that we're now we're dropping the ego. And to me, it's like when it rolls, rolling over, passing the baton to Virgo is like saying, take your power and serve, be humble. Yes humble you got it that's it humility is as how we get to the goods and humility is really it's not humiliation which that word comes from but humility comes from the word hummus which literally means of the earth it is the stuff of the earth and what are we earthing we're getting to the ground of our being where we're no better than and no less than we are in complete unto herself that's another um epitaph for for the Virgin, for Venus, is like, and the reason why she's complete is not that she doesn't need anybody else, but she knows her ground, the ground of this is what I am, no, no more, no less, and that's how we, when we stand our ground, literally in that way, like you say, the beautiful, the region that we are becomes revealed, our hearts becomes revealed, and you know she's opposing, this moon is opposing Virgo. I mean. Here it is. Uh, Venus. Yeah. Yeah. Exact and also, opposition. Exactly. It's, it's, yes, there is, um, yeah. That, that, it really is, when you think about it, it, it really is phenomenal that we're seeing this uh, literally in time and space with these planetary lineups. I mean, like you said, that Re Revelation and Apocalypse is, it is a revealing, reveal unto me. Yes. And, and it's like, it's right there. And yeah, it, it's just mind blowing. I, I'm just, I'm so glad we're talking about this, Andrea. You know, well, like, well. this is so important. Mm -hmm. And here's the sun at 22 Aries exalted. You know, right. here's the, the sun, you know, <laughs> exaltation. <laughs> it's exactly right. And, and Venus in Pisces is exalted too, right? Yes, so it's, it's Be, like right. The sun's exactly. exalted, Venus is exalted, Neptune's in domicile, uh, yep. Jupiter's in domicile. You, you, you know, it, you, you, this is, this is it. I mean, this is like, and I look at the, um, I don't know a whole lot about this, but I've just read a little bit about 22 degrees, you know, numerologically 22 being, you know, this gateway. And I see the, you know, the, the fact, and, and I've also heard this, um, there was an astrologer, uh, a man in, in Serbia who talked about the 22 degree point. And it's really like this, like, I want to say, it's like, what's it going to be? Mm. What's it going to be? You know, you, you know, this is it. This is it. Like not in a bad, like, this is it, man, you're better. No, no. Like, let, <laughs> we're getting, rid of but, but it is, we, it's important that we grasp this and that we're not in the fog and thank God the moon in Virgo is saying, okay, let's, let's make this clear for you. This whole exactly. thing is just, 
and a huge, huge revealing. And look at the groundedness too, Andrea. You know, the moon in, Mer in Virgo, in the domicile of Mercury, Mercury is also in an Earth, in Earth sign, soon to yes. conjunct Uranus. So this is spectacular, you know? <laughs> this exactly. Is, exactly. This is the Virgin giving birth on the, in, the, in the apocalyptic vision of the Book of Revelation. I, I just feel this so strongly, you know, that having that, you know, I guess maybe I... I you know, I was I was born on the assumption, uh, and so there was a holy day that that, that oh. holy day of obligation on oh, my yes. birthday. So Mother Mary's assumption, you know, the assumption of Mary into heaven. They didn't say ascension in the Catholic Church; they say assumption. But you know, um, my mother used to say, you know, yes, Mary was assumed to heaven. She just went right to heaven. I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, right. <laughs> we can escape this mundane world, you know? Right. Right. But that's uh, available for all of us. We're all, we, you know, it's just, Hey, you want this? You, you can have it. You know, first you have to give up the illusion of what you think you wanted. That's it. And that's the thing. And, and that's all, that's all we're giving up really. It's like, Again, this idea of um, what I love about the, the moon being opposite of, of Mars and Saturn in there too, it's like they're in the sign of Aquarius, which can be, which is the most objective sign of the zodiac. So it's literally maintaining some sort of, I mean, there's so many ways we can interpret that, but maintaining objectivity, right. not making it so Focus. personal. The, the, the risk of Venus, another risk of Venus in Pisces is like, everything is so personal you know, really <laughs> Pisces, everything is about me or the, the life is against me or whatever it might be that we could be telling ourselves or, you know, and, and Pisces can also be the victim. Right. I was going to say that victim, martyr, savior, victim, martyr, savior. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. And no one, there is no saving on the outside, you know, oh, there's, exactly. yeah. And there, there never, there never was. And this is a massive uh, awakening that's occurring. How outrageous. I mean, we are really lucky to be alive at this time. That's how I see it. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And that's not to say that it's not difficult or it's not, but the way I see earth life for me personally, the way I'm choosing to live it is it's, we're, it's an initiation. This is a dense planet, but the more that we can literally step down, transduce higher frequencies, into our body, which another is another opportunity that I think I mentioned at the, the forecast was Jupiter can transduce, bring down coherency from Neptune, from Pisces into that Virgo moon. And in, in the mundane reality or in the mundane chart, um, Virgo is also, or the, the moon is the people, right? And Virgo is like the people who were subservient. It can be also um, the slaves or the people who are sub subservient. Right. Virgo. The workers. We, the workers, or the, we, the common I, man, kind the of common person. man right. on Regulus, we recognize that we have the power. It's not the people or the institutions or the governments that have the power. We actually have the power. And that's part of what is this revealing in my experience is like revealing even more of the shadow parts of the um, established order being revealed to be unsavory. The, the darkness that again, this is the sextile to Pluto and or yeah, Pluto and Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to be hopeful for, but grounded, grounded optimism is really what it feels like this time period, um, which is leading up to this exact conjunction, but even, even beyond that is about, this is grounded optimism. What can we do now? what is available to do for us now in this time of, that is hopeful, that mm. we don't get carried away with more than we can handle or on either end, positive or negative, yeah. So another, uh, man, I'm just, it's that Jupiter-Neptune, I'm just channeling <laughs> all this. Another Bible verse that comes to me is, when they said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. I have chills on my, I don't know if you can see the hair on my, yes. <laughs> but the, um, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So let me just pull up the screen again here. Um, you know, with, with that 
when I, when you said earlier about the moon, Virgo being, you know, the worker, the common worker, I think like the carpenter and the, yep. the, the trades person, you right. know? And so here it is, it's like the humblest, you know how Jesus was always about humility yeah. and, and all the great masters, the most humble, humble people. So here's Jupiter, I mean, sorry, here's um, you know, the moon in Virgo. And it's like, it's just such divine perfection. This is like, just as all these things are dissolving, you know, here comes the moon at zero Virgo conjunct Regulus to say, you know what? You guys are the kings. It's not this person on the throne. That's, that's that old, old paradigm. It's, it's just everything shifting and coming into focus now. Wow, I'm just, this just blows me away. Exactly, yep, yep. And again, this is an opportunity, I keep coming back to that Pluto and Capricorn for deep lasting transformation. This is right. not a, you know, one-shot deal unless we make it a one-shot deal. But if we recognize that this is for the long haul, that we're investing literally in our future, then this is, and through the present, that's Virgo too. Virgo is literally, you know, if, if Pisces is ultimate reality, Virgo is relative reality, relative truth, whatever. So it's like bringing it down, transducing to make it, you know, and there's what's applicable now. And that's all we need to worry about. What can we do now? Chop wood, carry water. Yes. <laughs> that Virgo thing. <laughs> yes, you got it. And slowing down enough to know that we that our blessings are already here, that we don't have to go searching or reaching for them. Because that can be a you know Sagittarian, Jupiterian thing, is the search. It's the addiction to the search, which right. is also what this can be. Like show us how addicted we are to leaving ourselves to acquire something when maybe what we have. That we're telling ourselves isn't enough that we might be believing other people telling us isn't enough that we have to keep producing or getting more in order to be good enough which can be the, sh the shadow side of virgo is i'm not good enough to hold these kinds of energies i'm not good enough to be part right. of this paradigm and do again, i deserve this right and this is very unconscious necessarily it doesn't have to be that we are aware that we hold this but this is a good opportunity to see where we've been deceiving ourselves around that we can't do it, that we don't have what it takes. And it's like, you know what? It was always right, yeah, that, that zero Virgo moon, critical degree, you know, it was always right in front of you. Mm. And, and it was, just, and it's the simplicity, I think of Virgo too, earth and groundedness and simplicity, like just yeah. sitting on the earth. Like yes. it's all you had to do is just go in nature. It's all there for you. You didn't have to, you know, I, when I think of the, the U.S. inauguration chart of always that Taurus rising, I think of, oh, there's the way that they, you know, that's a way of keeping the, I'll call it the Neiman Marcus culture, you know, and the six car garage and all the stuff and 38 shades of red nail polish. I am, I, I am my Mercedes Benz and, you know, it's like all this stuff. That's the, unfortunately, that's the shadow side, but see now, with Uranus and Taurus, you know, and this, this eclipse coming, oh my God, it's just busting that up. Like, okay, we, you know, can't have this anymore. It's costing everybody too much. We're just gonna, yeah. here, let us help you. We're really gonna liberate you from this slavery, really, you know, and, and bring you back to earth. Let's, yeah, it's just, wow. <laughs> and, and the fact that um, if I can, if you wanna just jump over to that, well, at least yeah. just the, the solar eclipse um, here is happening in the ninth house of God in ancient astrology. You know, they call it the ninth house, the house of God, and that's where the sun exalts. So for the, this is of course just Washington DC, but, um, but look at that, you know? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then everything you mentioned, of course, all this being in a sextile, overcoming sextile. So this disillusionment with religion, with say organized religion and religious fundamentalism and all the, the shadow side of that whole thing, the disillusionment with, with um, spirit, you know, dogma and things, and then how yeah. that is casting its rays over onto that ninth house uh, eclipse wow yeah. like i you could see that as like a real change point for for religion and and 
reinvent, you know, reinventing our, what is important to us? What, what are the, where, do, where does it come from? And what needs to dissolve and what takes its place? So right. mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's pretty outrageous. Yep. And then where is the moon? Uh, ten, four degrees. Yeah, it's four degrees away. And just we still got those nodes at 22, I know. you know, fixed signs. Oh, and look at Venus. She is at her exaltation degree. Conjunct Jupiter. Yes. Oh, 27 is her exaltation degree. Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jupiter by two minutes. The, the dispositor ruler of the north node. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Is yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm getting, I just keep getting waves of chills. You know? Yes. Yes. I, I am with you very much. You know, we've, we've looked at this chart a lot, uh, you know, in the last several months and yet every time, that's what I love about astrology. It's like a kaleidoscope, you know, yep. you, Oh my God, look at that. Look at that jewel. Oh, here's another jewel. Right. Right. And it's okay. like, and then here's Saturn in, you know, and late degrees Aquarius, like, okay, you know, yes, that's great. Now let's be, let's, uh, let's keep our focus. And, uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> and, and it's okay, folks, this is our new, you know, in Aquarius, this is our new society. And uh, we're, you know, breaking up the, um, the old, that whole Pluto thing of, uh, you know, it's like, you, you want a sustainable society? Well, first, we have to get the toxic stuff out. And now we're gonna you know, so which I is what 2020, you know, but I, yes. I, I see this as, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm agreeing. And, and he's square the note or it's square the notes, Saturn. So it's yes. like, do we want to, are we choosing the past or the future? Like literally it's like, are we, are we choosing? And there's also something that I keep uh, coming to, which is there's been a real push in the last decade but even more recently around artificial intelligence ai using nanotechnology for health or whatever and that stuff i mean i don't know so literally is it in scorpio south node scorpio can be you know again shadow dark stuff you know right um because it's a south node I'm, I'm, i'm talking about the the less desirable qualities of scorpio it's occlusion like where things are literally the occult but occult can be where things are occluded from us right not you know it's Mm -hmm. murky waters of scorpio so are we going to choose to go to some of these uh like is 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 the technology that's being developed by you could say these institutions saturn really for our benefit or are they you know are they are they bringing us where we more where we need to be north node or are they uh, taking us even further into darkness and occlusion and where we're not, where we're more disempowered, which is Scorpio South node rather than empowered, which is a, um, an aspect of Scorpio, which is on its positive manifestation. So we get to choose, you know, right. where, <laughs> do we want to go, do we want to go to the past for fear and just keep letting institutions tell us what's the next step for us, like build back better or whatever? Or are we building back better based on what we want, what our values are, our hearts tell us, our desires for a better world, for a more inclusive society? And yeah, so. And it, and it can, uh, yeah, and, and the whole thing with AI is for certain, you see that very strongly too with these, the almost conjunction, it's only four degrees away from Uranus. so. Uranus is definitely like, let's return a revolution and returning to earth, you know, and, and earth values. And yet it can also be with representing AI mm-hmm. and Saturn and Aquarius, you know, you could look at that too as AI. And, and, but the fact that this is definitely a tipping point mm-hmm. where, um, you know, talk about what, you know, do you, is that your new society? Is, is it social credit and so, and media and that whole, you know, meta, oh, that thing is freaky. And is, is that the future you want? Because it's, you're either going to become this, you know, bot thing if you go that path, or you can choose what we've been talking about here, you know, which is totally organic and revolutionary in an organic sense of returning to the earth, return to Eden, (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Again, the Pisces, Venus, the dispositor with Jupiter, they're heaven on earth, literally. It's up to us to bring it. It's not going to come to us from some magical garden or it's like, we are the ones who bring it here through our choices, through our actions, through what we choose to say no to and what we choose to say yes to. That's the discernment piece. It's so, and I love that the, the ascended is in Virgo here. Uh, right, for the US. Really, yeah. So it's, again, discernment, 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 bringing a good dose of discernment into this and practical reality. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this chart in. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'm so glad I brought you in. Oh, <laughs> just, thank you. I, we, you know, I love going deep on this and I'm thinking, man, I just, I should just, yeah, there's so much to be shared in this way. And, and I love the fact that, um, you know, I think it's important that we're out there talking about this stuff because um, I feel there are so many people who may be alone and they, they don't know who to talk to about this and people think they're nuts or whatever. And it's like, yeah, we are that safe space as astrologers, all of us, astrologers, healers, shamans, you know, we are here conducting that, you know, walking people across that bridge. Yeah, So it's, I love that. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, you're not alone. You're not alone at all. I mean, one of the things that that you know makes me sad is like when I see all this, and you know, here we've got a stellium in Pisces, including Mars by by that time for the eclipse. You know, I think about the um, that in terms when you said earlier about people leaving the planet um, for whatever reason, it could be addiction, drug addiction, or it could just be their soul is ready to leave. You know, and there's no bad or wrong in any of this. But what does make me sad is that we have had such a huge fentanyl over opioid, you know, crisis and fentanyl. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, you heard about this, but in, um, I read this about a month or two ago, it was in the news and it said, I saw this headline and it said that the, um, the number one killer in the United States. So of course, what your first thought, oh, it's probably COVID. No, it wasn't COVID. It's fentanyl overdose. Huge, like, and they said the fentanyl overdose, the 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 statistics. It's like it was up eight over eight thousand times since two thousand eight. It's just you know, so there's that Piscean, you know. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Washington State is very very strict around prescriptions for opioids and stuff for that very very reason. But it's yeah, I I agree. We we are so mis misinformed around what the real issues are in through the media through most media outlets mm -hmm. that we perseverate on certain things because this is what we're told we should be worried about or we should concern ourselves with which a detracts us from living our lives <laughs> like anyway but yeah I, but i agree that what the, the real endemic um, diseases is the disease of our, the separation between um, believing ourselves to need um, an institution or something outside of us to parent us. Yes. This is, this is the, I, from, in my experience, in my coming clear with me, in my work, it's like the addiction to, to needing to be cared for by something or someone outside of ourselves, right. which is an entire, it's a species wide thing. And all of us have it, I think, to some degree or another. And that's part of literally a habit that we're breaking and that it, there's, you know, Yeah, and it just feels to me like this is a time of deep, deep possible potential empowerment for each of us who want to take that on. But like you say, for those who were just like, I don't want to do it this time around, they, you know, the choice to leave. And yeah, between the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction and the eclipse, that's, and a little bit beyond that, I believe is this, is this window, we might start to see more people choosing whether they 
whether they admit it consciously or not. Consciously or not, right. Many of it, much of it is just, they don't, they don't know why they just, maybe they, on a soul level, they know it's like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. You know, yeah. but yeah, for whatever reason, there's just, and also, um, I just remember, you know, I, I really feel this could be a time where, you know, organized religion just completely, it, it's the dissipation of that. Like the, you think about the, like the, the Catholic church has had, it, it, I looked this up on Wikipedia once. It actually is the oldest institution on earth. Wow. It, it's been here 2000 years. That's true. Yeah. I mean, think about that. It's like that. And then the other, only other big long standing institution that well, it's been around right over a thousand years is the, the British monarchy. So, and look at what, where that's, you know, and there's, we can see that whole shift, especially with Pluto Capricorn and all the scandals and things like you think about Prince Andrew and all the shadow and all that stuff. Um, and yet, and then, and then in the same with the church, you know, the, the, the scandals with this child sex abuse and such. So there's this shadow that's showing up. And, and I think it's like at this point where I think that when things get that bad, um, and then that's always been tried to hushed, you know, for so many years, uh, swept under the rug, whether it was the monarchy or whatever, you know, but those are like the two oldest institutions. So you think about Pluto and Capricorn breaking all that down, exposing the, the, um, the toxicity that was under the surface. And, um, and so what's, you know, what's left, people can be so disillusioned. I mean, I, I, I see people in in England and they're like, oh, the queen, you know, and they like, this is the only monarch they've ever known for, you know, 75 years. And, and they have such an identification with like this, oh, well, she's this, this nice lady. And it's like, but that's all outside of you, you know, and, and everything is just shifting so, so radically. And I think this particular eclipse and this Jupiter Neptune conjunction is just going to hasten things, yes. you know, more along. And I love what you're saying here, Liana, because it's making me think of the whole, not to bring this, but it's like the veil of illusion of the glamorization of celebrities, people outside. I mean, look at the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. At the, I mean, it's like, again, not to go into that thing, but like a lot of people are like, wow, what a, you know, for whatever reason, it's not about going into who is right and who's wrong, but the fact that there was violence involved on national television is like, wow, things are really getting a little bit, you know, this is the kind of exposure of like the people that we might have like idealized in some way, shape or form, whether it be through religion, whether it be through government, whether it be through um, public figures, you know, whatever, the veneer is starting to get old. The veneer is starting to come off, right? Right, right. And that's a good thing. Yes, it hurts to be disillusioned and yet, it's going to bring more truth. And, and it's part of the truth is how much I've relied on the external, like you're saying, like literally like the film screen of my life to tell me what life is, who I am, how I should be. And this is part of this, where the surrendering and discovery of the Venus phase that we're in right now can be supportive of us to know that this is an organic sloughing off that's necessary. It's part of the natural cycle of things. And Venus being an internal planet intimate to us we can take this to heart but not take it personally and make it our own make like engage ourselves in our own natural sloughing off like how we want to do it ourselves take take charge of our lives and how we want to navigate this period through what we what can i do in my own life to help myself gently slough off what is not true to make room for more of what actually is because i've just discovered i'm really the driver yes, exactly. <laughs> what the thing that came to me too is like that scene at the end of the wizard of oz when toto pulls the curtain back and the wizard is here's the powers yeah. that be you know with the you know think of that jupiter neptune and pisces you know i'm i'm putting out this illusion that that there's this power outside of you and she was always so afraid and those, the head with the flames, you know, in that big room. And it was always such a fear for her. I mean, then she realizes this is all an illusion. So it's like this Jupiter, Neptune, totally. Venus is yeah. the Toto 
And it's like, oh, look at this machination. And he's desperately trying to hang on to his power. And he kept pulling the curtain and he kept going back and he's working those things. And and she's like, oh, 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 all this fear I had, there's nothing to be afraid of. The Piscean, you know, can be that scary. No, there's nothing to be afraid. And then the ruby red slippers. It's so Venus, the ruby red, you know. Oh, so (laughs) much, yeah. Oh, I can go home now because I can just, I don't have to wait for anybody to tell me to go home. I'll do it myself. You know, I have my own possessions. Uh, Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, well, that was cool. I am so glad you, um, yeah. Any, any parting words? Did you want to maybe um, a few, like a little, um, you know, advice for what keywords might might, uh, everybody should might want to focus on to really get the most out of this magical like I tell people hasn't happened in 166 years don't miss it (laughs) um that's interesting I I love that you're asking me this I would love to share as I I look at I'm a big fan of the um the Chandra symbols by Elias Lonsdale Oh yeah. I actually yeah. would love to read the one for the, the, the conjunction, which sure, yes. Pisces. But I also, I, I have this highlighted in my little notes here that sovereignty is an intimate, mundane, normal affair. <laughs> sovereignty is an intimate, mundane, mundane normal, normal affair. affair. I love that. Right. It's like bells and we are so we're addicted to bells and whistles. Right. And so it's like, how simple and normal can we be and make that and discover the juice in that. And at first we're gonna be bored. At first we're gonna be like, there's nothing here, but we slow down Torian style right. and really sink in and we might be, we might surprise ourselves. Moon and Virgo critical degree. Yes, you know, it's like, exactly. oh, oh, I love that. And yeah. it, it's not like sovereignty is like sovereignty with a capital S that it's important. It's like, it's not important. It's just sovereignty. It's just that. Eliana, that's beautiful. Making ourselves important. That is what we are like cutting here in this potential. Like, I am so important. This is important. I know this one well. I've <laughs> It means something. <laughs> it means something. It's got to mean something. Exactly. I love that. Thank you for bringing that. <laughs> it's, so re- it's so liberating. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. Breathe. <laughs> yes. Yes. The transcendent, the numinous can be normal if it's up to us, it really is. So uh, this Pisces 24 degrees Chandra symbol. And again, if anybody wants to look at this, it's, um, uh, I think you can find them online at aquafire.net, A-F-I-R-E.net. Mm-hmm. But again, Elias Lonsdale is the- uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll put the, um, the uh the link in the uh, information yeah. below so people can uh, yeah i love yeah. those things they're so cool i like them better than the um the dane rudger ones sometimes those are okay but i i just like the the chandra symbols better they work for me exactly so this is the the title is a spring festival the participants are in a state of ecstatic frenzy huh. sounds very dionysian isn't it doesn't it yes exactly inward explosions pressure valve goes off. You sit inside collective and ancestral frequencies of doubt, insecurity, and suppression until this can no longer be. The frenzied edge of new worlds, the ancient accumulations of old worlds, coming to that point where the inward power overthrows form constraints, scatters semblances, and finds something magnificent that has been untapped and forbidden for so very long. The final spark ignites, releases, and reveals. Revelation. Mm-hmm. What was lost and forgotten is more there than ever, and not discouraged, never put down. Not discouraged, never. Oh, gosh. If that doesn't speak to this chart, nothing does. Right? Oh, man. Exactly. I am so glad you shared that with us and just <laughs> shared all of it with us. This is, I have to say, Andrea, I feel, um, gosh, I feel emotional seeing this, but this is like one of the best podcasts I feel I've ever had. Oh, yeah. Just 
just have to say that. Here's my Venus in Pisces. <laughs> there it is. Live coverage. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, I, from the moment I received your email and I watched your podcasts, I just, I was like, this is a being I want to do this with. So oh, thank you so much for inviting you. me. It's been a true, true pleasure in my heart to sit here with you and to co-create this experience. It's been oh, just, it's same here. I want you to come back and tell us more. <laughs> you know, you're uh -huh. such a deep wellspring. And to me, it feels that's what we're all hungry for. And it's just so vital that we all walk, you know, as Ram Dass said, you know, we all walk each other home. Yeah. Oh, so much. So much. Yes. I, I'd be thrilled to come back. Be fun. You, you just name the date, man. You're there. You have a permanent uh, ticket. <laughs> oh, thank you, everyone. You're a treasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, anyway, so that concludes episode 155. <laughs> wow, that was, a, that's an 11. Wow, isn't that interesting? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. 11. Master numbers. Right Master numbers. So yes, thank you. And um, so and, and if people want people must know more about you precioushumanbirth.com is your website? Yes, precious human birth. Okay. And you and they can contact you to the site and whatever yep. you've got coming up special yep. stuff, you know, they can right. jump on that mailing list and have at it. Have at it. Exactly. <laughs> I welcome one and all. Exactly. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. It's been a pleasure and uh, we will definitely talk soon. Great. Looking forward <laughs> to that. Thank you so much. Okay. You are more than welcome. And uh, yes, I've got to put my glasses back on. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. And um, I will, uh, we will um, talk soon. Yes. I'm very excited. I, this has been so fantastic. Honestly, it's been really, really fun to be here with you and all right and um so everybody um yes this has been another edition of star sound speaks starsoundastrology.com thank you all so much for listening Mwah. many blessings to you and may we all have the most outrageous um download in this beautiful experience that is jupiter venus neptune <laughs> all right namaste namaste